holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. A number of years ago, I was sitting in the pews at the church I was ordained at, attending Saturday evening Mass because, well, frankly, I was a college kid and I was bored and I thought, what better to do than go to church? I had been attending this church for two or three years at this point, so the liturgy became second nature to me. I knew when to bow and when to kneel and when to cross myself. And rarely did I ever have to look at a bulletin to accept, except to retrieve the hymn numbers. I just sort of coasted through. Maybe you've experienced something similar here. When we, we begin to confess the creed or say the Lord's Prayer or journey through the Eucharistic liturgy, our brains go on autopilot. By the time we realize what's going on, we've said, Amen, and we've moved on to the next prayer or responsory. That's how I felt that Saturday evening. I was mindlessly coasting through the liturgy when something in the creed struck me. It's something I had confessed many times before. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, by whom all things were made. For some reason, every time I had confessed this, I had associated by whom all things were made with the Father, in one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, no breath, no break. Now, don't get me wrong. The Father was also involved in creation, but the creed is hammering home here that Jesus was, as St. John put it in the first chapter of his gospel, with God and was God and was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Christ. And without Christ was not anything made that was made. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all in the beginning, all creating, all multiplying. It's a rather obvious truth, but for some reason, it didn't strike me as it did that Saturday evening. Jesus isn't a savior and redeemer who is unfamiliar with those he died for. No, quite the contrary. He knows them. He knows us intimately. Because before his hands were nailed to the cross, they knit us together in our mother's womb. It's the same hands. The pierced hands knit you together in your mother's womb. When this truth struck me, it really deepened my relationship and love for Christ. My Creator is my Redeemer. Up until this moment, I hadn't fully comprehended who He was and is. My understanding was 
veiled. The thousands of people fed in our gospel text for today had a similar veiled understanding. To them, Jesus was a provocative teacher and miracle worker. They were in town for the Passover, but when they heard that Jesus of Nazareth was in town, the one that healed the sick in front of them, they immediately sought him out and started following. And if they were hoping to see him perform another miracle, they were in luck. Jesus' compassion and care for the people and their well-being led him to take five loaves and two fish from an unsuspecting pilgrim boy, give thanks, and multiply them in overabundance. And it's only in the Gospel of John that we learn that Jesus personally passed out a meal to each and every person. Needless to say, the people were perplexed. After seeing this seemingly extraordinary miracle, the people confessed Jesus to be the prophet, the one who would set things right again, the one who would strike down the Romans and sit on his throne. So they began making plans to force Jesus to be their king, their bread king. Think of all the things he could do for us. Perceiving that the people might do this, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Jesus withdrew because the people misunderstood who he was and what he was trying to do. If their understanding wasn't veiled, if they would have truly understood that Jesus was and is the creator, this miracle of multiplication would not have seemed so extraordinary. It actually would have seemed quite ordinary. After all, creating, multiplying is what the Creator does. It's nothing strange. If the people would have understood who Jesus was, they would have realized that the true extraordinary thing that he did was give thanks. In the Greek, the word is eucharisteo. Does it sound familiar? Jesus Eucharists before he distributes the food to the people. And it's easy to skip over the giving thanks as you read the chapter. The feeding itself becomes the pinnacle of the story, and rightly so. It boggles the minds of humans. But we don't realize that Jesus is actually showing us something splendid the intimate relationship that he has, that the Godhead has with his creation. A relationship of thanksgiving. The gospel for today models this relationship for us well. Track with me here. We creatures gather around our creator Jesus. We give him thanks and we offer him the gift of ourselves and our treasures, our bread, and our fish. 
Jesus, their creator, then takes our gifts, gives thanks, and offers them up to the Father soaked in his redeeming blood. And then the Father, in thanksgiving for the work of his Son on behalf of creation, gives an overabundance of good gifts back to his people in Jesus Christ. God gives. We offer him thanks. God, in thanksgiving for his image bearers being conformed to Christ, gives back more, so much more, that not only have we all had our fill, but there is an overabundance left over. This relationship of thanksgiving is in its purest form present in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. That's why we call it the Eucharist. The same word Jesus used in giving thanks in the feeding of the 5,000 is the exact same word that is used in the institution of the Supper. And it's not used that much. We creatures of Jesus gather the gifts he has given us. The bread from the earth, the wine from the vine, and our very lives. And we place it on that altar and give it back to him in thanksgiving. Jesus then offers them up to the Father as gifts, only pure gifts by his blood. And then in thanksgiving for this sacrifice, the sacrifice of the Son on the cross, that death in which we were all buried in our baptism, just like Isla was today, the Father gives these offerings back to us in overabundance. No longer are they just bread and wine. No, they are the true body and blood of Jesus for our forgiveness. This is the relationship we have with our Creator. This is the rhythm of the Christian life. God offers. We offer Him thanks. God, in thankfulness, gives us back more, fulfilling our famished souls. My dear friends, this is why it is so essential to return to this place week in and week out, being wholly engaged, mind, body, spirit, not just apathetically coasting through. And coming here and partaking of the Eucharist is especially essential after being separated from it for so long during COVID. Some people still separated because of COVID. The relationship of thanksgiving found in the Eucharist cannot be found anywhere else. Not on the golf course. Not on the couch watching Sunday morning news or cartoons. Not at the kids' sports competitions or extracurriculars. Not at a meal or meeting during liturgy time. Nowhere else but here. Now, while these places are good, they offer us temporary joy, They are not the places where Jesus promises to give us the overabundance of his forgiveness. Where Jesus, the creator, gives his very self to be united with us. So united that Luther says we are concreted to him. We're going nowhere. 
So while we finally get back to normal, we pray that we get back to normal. I entreat you all to return to this rhythm of the Christian life, to continue to return to this place week in, week out, to remove the obstacles that are in your power that prevent you from getting here, to invite those back that haven't been here in a while. For this is the place we experience the relationship of thanksgiving with our Creator in the Eucharist. And it's through that relationship that we are given the more, the more of eternal life. God gives. We give thanks. God gives back more in thanksgiving for loving us so, so much. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.